children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God.
just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. And upon that day there came a messenger unto Job and said, Sir, we were plowing the fields and feeding the oxen when suddenly there came some Sabians and attacked. Sabians? Yes, sir. They attacked and took away every ox and all the stock. And, sir, they also slew all your servants. Slew all the servants? All but me, sir. And I hasten here to tell you of all that took place. Thank you, Shapen. You may go. I'd like to see the master, if you please, mistress. Come in. Oh, master, sir, fire came down from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants. Burned the sheep and the servants? I only am escaped to tell thee. Someone else at the door? I'll see who it is, Thank you. And thank you, shepherd. My chief steward will furnish you with lodging. I have an urgent message for Master Job. He's here. Come in. Yes? Oh, you're my chief camel tender. Yes, master. And I... I am come with sad news, sir. Chaldeans came, sir, and fell upon the camels and stole them away. And they... They slew all thy servants, master. Only I am escaped. No, it can't be another messenger with sad news. You want to see the master? Oh, yes, ma'am, if you please. Master, I am come with... You're my eldest son's servant, aren't you? Yes, Master, and What's I... What's happened? Tell us the worst. Master, a great wind came out of the wilderness and blew down thy son's house. No! No, no! My, my sons and daughters were all killed. The house fell on them, Master, and I only am escaped. Accuse me of failing again to ensnare Job into cursing God and joining our forces. You did fail, Beelzebub. Well, perhaps I did fail. Temporarily. But I don't have a brilliant mind and satanic cunning for nothing. I've thought of a way to snare Job. A sure snare. It never fails. <laughs> Soon now I shall attend another conclave in heaven. And again, I shall persuade Michael to give me my way with Job. <laughs> You imps of darkness, I am returned from the conclave in heaven, and as usual, I have been successful. (laughs) Stop that eternal lying, will you, and get down to business. Now, in this conclave in heaven, I said to Michael, I said, of course Job doesn't curse you. He doesn't care what happens to others, even to his flocks and herds and his own sons and daughters. But, said I, if I am permitted to harm Job himself, then will he curse you and join my forces. And Michael agreed to let me bring pain to Job. Yeah, he was afraid not to. So I personally am going to make Mr. Job's... So went Satan forth and smote Job with sore boils from the soles of his feet under the crown of his head. 
And Job sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, You mean you're going to remain true to God and not curse him after all that has befallen you? We receive the good things of life from God. Shall we then not receive evil without complaining and cursing God? And afterward, three friends of Job, hearing of his misfortunes, came to mourn with him and comfort him. They sat down with him on the ground seven nights, and none spake unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. Then spake Job and said, I wish I could forget the day I was born. Oh, that I had died on that day. Then I would not have had to go through all this suffering. Know you not that man is born to suffer, as surely as sparks fly upward? Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. God shall deliver you from your sores, for he maketh sores, and he healeth them. He woundeth and he maketh whole. Thou shalt come to thy grave in full. You would snare Job. You would make him curse God and join our forces. That's what you said. As usual, all you say are lies, lies, lies. Well, how could I know that Job would keep his faith and loyalty to God through all adversity? If you ask me, true followers of God are loyal at all times and under all conditions. Job will give in, as all mankind must, sooner or later. <laughs> sooner or later, we will lose the fight. We will be destroyed. Have have no fear of that. We will win. Am I not Satan? <laughs> and the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning, so that some years later he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-donkeys. He also became the father of seven new sons and three new daughters. After this, Job lived 140 years, and saw his sons and his sons' sons even unto four generations. And Job died, being old and full of days. continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
Grandma. Well, hello, favorite granddaughter, Mariam. <laughs> I'm your only granddaughter. Oh, yeah. I've been meaning to talk to your father about that. How was school today? We studied about World War I. Do you remember it? Uh, no. Believe it or not, it was a few decades before my time. What did you learn? I learned that people can be very mean to each other. Grandma, why do they do that? I think that people fight each other because they listen to the other voice. The other voice? In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were walking around and playing with the animals, a voice called from a tree. Remember the story? Oh, yes. I learned that at Bible class. Satan was in the tree looking like a beautiful serpent. He told Eve to eat the fruit that God said not to eat. And what did she do? She ate it. Why did she do that? Because she listened to the other voice. The voice that wasn't God's, right? Exactly. God's voice said, don't eat. Satan's voice said, eat. In World War I and II and Korea and Vietnam and in the Middle East, God's voice said, don't fight. Satan's voice said, fight. Today, God's voice says to us, don't cheat. Don't lie. Don't be unkind. Satan says just the opposite. We need to decide who to listen to every day. Thanks, Grandma. I want to listen to God's voice. Smart girl. You get that from your dad's side of the family, you know. Oh, Grandma. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 2, Whitewater. Just after dawn the next morning, the kids awoke to a loud banging. Maria stuck her head through the tent flap and saw Jake beating a wooden spoon on the bottom of a large metal bowl. Rise and shine, he bellowed. Breakfast is ready. Come and get it. While they ate, Jake introduced the kids to Jeff, who was a tall young man with curly blonde hair and a big grin. He's my crew, Jake explained. He comes up from college to help out during the summer. After the bus was loaded, everyone climbed into the ugly-looking bus, and Jeff drove them several miles farther into the mountains. When they got out of the bus about two hours later, Jeff and Jake passed out wetsuits and helmets to everyone. The wetsuits were different colors. "'You've got to be dressed right for the occasion,' Jake said. "'Put this here stuff on and see how it fits. The water's like ice. These rubber suits will help to keep you warm and dry when we get on the river.' The helmets will keep your head in one piece in case you fall in and take a swim through the rocks. It took some time for the kids to struggle into the tight, heavy rubber outfits with long sleeves and long legs, plus strap on their bright red helmets. Hey, Chris, you look like a blue lizard in your wetsuit, Willie laughed as he guided his wheelchair over the pine needles. Then you're a green one, Chris replied. Now that you all look so colorful, Jake said, here's something else to add to your outfits. He and Jeff passed out orange life jackets. When everyone was outfitted correctly, Jake led the way to the river. A huge, bright blue raft was tied up to a small dock. It looked like an oversized air mattress with big sides on it. The heavy rubber boat had handles all around it and storage chests inside. 
You can sit on the chests and hang onto the ropes, or you can sit on the floor and hang onto the handles, Jake said as he tied Willie's wheelchair to the back of one of the big boxes. But you must hang on at all times. Okay, Jeff called out. Everybody on board for rafting on Rattlesnake River. As the group climbed into the boat, Maria watched Chris settling down with the other boys. She felt very sad and upset. Then she sat between Jenny and Dee Dee. Now, Jake said, I have a speech to make, so listen up. Where you're sitting now is where you're going to stay until we dock downriver. You can't stand up and move around in a raft. Just sit in one place and hang on tight. Maria watched Chris as he got a tight hold on the handles and wiggled excitedly. I want to have fun, too, but how can I, she thought. Jeff started the small motor and guided the big raft out into the center of the river. In the strong river current, the raft picked up speed. Jenny laughed and grabbed Maria's arm as the raft entered a small rapid. Maria felt the raft rise and fall gently as it went over rocks way down under the water. Here we go, Jeff yelled as the raft picked up more speed. Big boulders stuck out of the water just ahead. The raft swept between two of them. Then it dipped way down until the water seemed way above them on all sides. The shoebox kids yelled and screamed, enjoying the thrill. Suddenly, it felt like a giant hand jerked the raft out of the hole and set it on top of the water again. Down went the raft a second later, then up again. Maria thought the raft would break in two the way it bent and twisted. Without warning, a wave of water bounced off a wall of rocks and splashed back over the front of the raft. Ooh, that's cold, Sammy yelled, wiping the water out of his eyes. Here it comes again, Chris called. He ducked his head as the water hit him in the face. Hey, Willie, did you get wet too? Sure did. This is rad. Once again, the raft plunged and twisted between the rocks and down into a hole in the river. As the water threw the raft back up, it yanked the raft around so it was going backwards. As Jeff worked to turn the raft, the kids heard Jake calling to him. Go straight for that rock wall and turn when I say. Jeff got the raft turned around and headed straight toward the high rock wall at the next bend. We'll crash, Maria yelled. No, we won't, Jake said. Just hang on tight. As another wave of water splashed over the front of the raft, Jake bellowed, Turn now! Keep left! The raft rocked once and then swerved to the left of two boulders and plunged down a three-foot waterfall. Maria thought her heart was stuck in her throat. Above her own shouting, she heard the others squealing and screaming. Even Mrs. Shue was screaming as the raft rose from the deep hole to the top of the water again. Then it was all over. The raft leveled out, and the water was so calm you could see the sand and pebbles on the bottom of the river. Wow, that was fun, Maria said. It was scary, too, Willie said. Hey, I'm thirsty. May I have a drink, please? Anybody else want a drink? Mr. Teller asked. I'm sitting on the storage box, and I can pass the canteens around. Better wait a few minutes, Jake said. Just around the next bend are some more of them big rocks. Three minutes later, the raft rounded the bend, and they could see the water splashing over the rocks ahead. Cool, Chris said with a laugh. He grabbed the handles tighter and shouted, Here we go! The raft plunged into the rapids again. The rocks weren't so big this time, but they made a wild ride. The shoebox kids held on tight and yelled above the noise. This is like a roller coaster, Sammy hollered. Isn't it neat? Dee Dee called to Willie. Yeah, it's rad, Willie yelled back. Ooh, he screeched just as another wall of water hit him. You just got soaked, Chris laughed. I was already soaked. I didn't need it again, Willie said as he wiped the water out of his eyes. Then, just as suddenly as before, the river seemed to lie down and sleep. They could see a long way ahead. The water was smooth and flat. 
Everyone got a drink of water while the raft floated along silently. The water is so calm right here, Mrs. Shue said softly. Why don't we look around and see if we can find something interesting? You'll need to be very quiet, Jeff said in a low voice. What's that? Dee Dee whispered a minute later, pointing toward the bushes at the river's edge. From underneath the branches, small black eyes stared at them. Looks like he's wearing a black mask over his eyes, Sammy whispered back. Is that a raccoon? Maria asked. Yeah, Chris said softly. Remember our nature book at home? There's a picture of one in it. You think you know everything, Maria hissed, knowing as she spoke that it was unfair. Chris raised his eyebrows but said nothing. Hey, there's a deer, Willie pointed to the opposite bank. Oh, look, she's got a baby. Two, Dee Dee squealed. Shh, the others reminded. Sorry, Dee Dee whispered, but aren't they cute? Who, who's that? Jenny stammered. She was staring at the bank ahead where the river turned. I don't see anything, Maria said. There's nothing there. What's the matter? Right by that great big tree. Yeah, I see something. It's a man, Chris exclaimed softly. The kids looked in silence at the man half hidden in the trees and shadows. In his dark brown clothes, he looked like a tree trunk. The wide brim of his brown hat hid his eyes. His jacket had fringes down the sleeves. He stood still, watching as the raft floated by. Hey, where'd the mountain man go? Willie asked. He disappeared, Chris said with surprise. It's like he wasn't there at all, Sammy added. What's he doing way out here? Dee Dee wanted to know. He looked like a mean man, Jenny said. Yeah, maybe he's a bank robber who escaped, Chris said, trying to make his voice sound creepy. He probably needs some hostages. Stop it, Chris, Maria snapped. Don't tell lies and don't try to scare people all the time. Yet, as the raft floated on down toward the next rapids, they all looked back at the big tree. No one noticed the smile on Jake's face. The story you've heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 11, Rattlesnake River Adventure, written by Sandy Zog, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. children come please let the children come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3abn australia radio and is a production of life talk radio at lifetalk.net